0: Hello and welcome to The Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language
1: and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse. And I'm Kelly. And in this episode we are talking about The Gilded Ones by Namina Forna, which tells the story of Deka, a sixteen year old young woman living in a severe like a very, very patriarchal society called OTERA. When Deka finds out that she is a quote-unquote demon with golden blood, town elders torture her until she escapes with the mysterious white hands to join an elite military force of other alaki, and those are the people who have powers and golden blood. There are so many twists, battles, magical creatures, and massive societal upheaval, which we're here for. If it's overthrowing the patriarchy, yes, please. Let's get into this first book in the Deathless series. Uh, Content warning for rape, sexual assault, and parental death off page uh, plus misogyny.
0: All right, friends, just a little reminder that we still have a survey going on about the podcast and we want to hear from you. Visit the link in the show notes to share your feedback with us and to help shape the podcast going forward. Initial
1: reactions.
0: I was so annoyed at the start of this um, book because the society Deka lives in was super frustrating, but the story, the characters, the word- world building were all so amazing. I really love this book. I didn't really know where the series like I don't really know where the series will go from here, but I will read whatever Namina writes at this point. I really loved it. Do we know what how many think? Do we know how many books are going to be in the series? I think it's 3. Okay.
1: Um I also really like this book. It took me like a bit to get into it. I would say, like, I listened to the audiobook, so I don't know, maybe three ish hours watched, listening at double speed. Um, and then once they, like, the friends were reunited, once, like, Br- Britta, is that her name? Yeah, Britta. Britta came on the scene, and I don't, and like, Deka started, like, coming into her own a little bit more. I was like, yes. Uh, I want to see where this is going. So I fell in love with the friendships in this book and the relationship to teacher mentor figures. Um, It's just like all feels very Gemini, Libra, air sign, connection, knowledge, love, energy. So can y'all tell that that's me? (laughs) I'm here for it.
0: Why did we pick this book? I was seeing this book on Instagram like ages ago and felt for the early hype like I pre-ordered it basically knowing nothing about it um it just sounded like an amazing book and I was excited to read something by an author who is from West Africa Namina is from Sierra Leone um and while we've read a couple books that take place in West Africa or have like West Africa West African like mythologies mythical mythological origins I don't think we've read a book by an author who's from there so I thought that that would be really cool to get a you know,
1: insider perspective, hundred um, percent. And also, am I allowed to say the cover? <laughs> oh my god! Why of we course. this book? Like <laughs> it is, I have it in front of me. Even though I listened to the audiobook, I do have the hardcover copy because I needed it. Same, it's same. So beautiful. Also, I oh, I, I feel gorgeous. like I'm gonna start putting. Um, all these rad YA books that are about overthrowing shit into the uh, free little libraries that are in the neighborhoods around me. Oh,
0: such a good idea. So, yeah. I'm going to start
1: doing that and maybe leaving little love notes in them. I don't know. So, I like to have the books and um I did look at the map just now before before <laughs> recording and I was like, wow, this would have been really helpful if I would have cracked <laughs> open this hard copy that I had the whole time I was listening to the audiobook. <laughs> audiobooks have just really like taken off recently and it's a
0: lot easier like they're just so accessible so um and they should yeah.
1: include pdf attachments with the maps and the glossary yeah, that would be helpful and the content yeah. warning thank you very much you heard it here first give me credit <laughs>
0: <laughs> recommend if you like i would say legend born by tracy dion which we literally just did an episode on but there's mom related stuff and chosen one storylines and like black girl magic, super fun characters, like kind of a wide array of characters. So, um, I would say that. Um, and then I have a weird wreck, I know, but if you like Brita from the Gilded Ones, then I would say you should check out the show Dairy Girls. Um, Britta, Britta, reminds me of the character Claire, and that made me so happy. Um, I think part of it is because the, in the audiobook. Um, Britta kind of has an Irish accent and sounds exactly like Claire, like the cadence, like the way they talk. Um, And they're both just kind of like bubbly, fun characters, even though Claire is a little more anxious. Um, But yeah, I would just say fun, rad girls dealing with some patriarchal shit also for Dairy Girls. So yeah, check that show out. It's on Netflix.
1: You've recommended that to me multiple times and I have yet to watch it. So
0: (laughs) here we are. So Kelly doesn't know how good it is, but trust me, y'all. It's (laughs) really good. (laughs) Uh,
1: I would say also if you're into like the mythological and or like gods and goddesses aspect, um, Daughters of Enri by Rennie K. Amayo and Dream Country by A. Shay Brown are two that you would like. Slash if you liked those, you'd like this. Time to talk about world building in Through the Wardrobe.
0: We don't have a lot in this section. I feel like the the world was kind of like a like an amalgamation of lots of different things or like lots of different groups of people. Um but what I wrote in here was like the infinite wisdoms because like the whole time that I was reading the book, like I feel like this like religious text has so influenced the society that um Dekka lives in. Um So the religion is being used to subjugate the women who have a ton of rules about what they can and can't do. Um, I do think we see this in our own society, in some religions. And I think in this book, the religion was made up to subjugate women as opposed to the religion maybe being taken out of context to subjugate women. Um, So I just found it really interesting and it just, it shapes so much of the story, um,
1: which was unexpected. (laughs) Yeah. The infinite wisdoms, it kind of reminded me about like, um, as you were talking, it reminded me of the enlightenment, you know, so this movement in like 18th century Europe and that's like, this is how things are. And we're discovering all these things. And it's just like, it, it changes like the epistemological framework. And, and then like, now we have things, I, I don't know. So just like more devotion to things like individualism, uh, quote unquote, objectivity and science, you know, but like for whom and by whom. Right. So it's like this, this framework that gets imposed and then it takes a lot to like uproot that, you know, and that's what we're seeing the characters struggling with. Um, or I think that may be where the series is going. Right. Because it's not going to be as easy as the emperor has gone. And like, now things are going to be changed. Yay.
0: Yeah, for sure. Not going to be changed um it did it does remind me or made me think of like if you haven't seen the book of mormon maybe just check out like the soundtrack to the book of mormon it's i know (laughs) that i know this isn't mormonism but it is interesting to think of how like religion influences people or how it is used to influence influence people and changes over time in a way to get people to do what you want them to do um especially you know um men to get people to do what they want them to do whether that's people of color in the case of book of mormon um going into africa <laughs> um and you know uh evangelizing or you know in our own society with control over women's bodies that sort of thing so would recommend that musical it's also very funny and fun but it's uh so <laughs> guys who do south park which i don't like that show but the musical
1: is good. <laughs> the I I saw that musical without like really knowing what it was about so I went in and it was like Same. totally surprised and I was like oh yeah. my god this is and like all of the dusty old white folks here are probably very like getting their world rocked and I'm like good
0: well I think also sometimes because I did go with a dusty old white person to see it they don't realize that it's a Uh, commentary on all religion not just Mormonism like the one Christian Uh, view that other non-Mormon Christians think is weird um Uh so (laughs) but I think sometimes it takes you a while to get to that point where you realize that you know it's all made up (laughs) it's all
1: a made up and yeah like Marx called I think it was Marx called religion the opiate of the masses so the, there is like a, there's like a manipulation aspect to it, you know, if you get enough people For indoctrinated sure. um, mm-hmm. and then you're, there's like no opportunity to have critical thinking to question why things are. And then if you, the people who question why or who are different, like as in happens in this story, like they're killed, you know, called from the population yeah. because of, spe- you know, mm-hmm. specific differences in this case, yeah. the relation to the gilded ones, which is the matriarchal goddesses. Mm -hmm. like uh, who then were in charge of that we find this out at the very end you know with the like info there was a little bit of an info dump at the end there with like this is how things actually were and the emperor was erasing history um but yeah I don't know (laughs) yeah this is like a little bit of a convoluted through the wardrobe section but like but it was all so tied together it's like so intimately I don't know it's like it's different than if you're describing I don't know the world building in shadow and bone
0: right like and like all of this isn't to say that people can't be religious or that religion is bad oh yeah yeah yeah, obviously used for bad purposes um just like anything else can obviously like politics and you know the rhetoric of it can kind of be used to do bad things but that's the case with a lot of things so like Mm -hmm. no no shade to people who believe in specific things or who are religious obviously um or at least i hope it's obvious that we don't like (laughs) you know think poorly of you (laughs) we don't thanks for that thanks for that caveat uh important yeah important to point out let's discuss all things magic so the alaki are told they're descended from demons Um, they are told this from you know the patriarchal society but they're actually the descendants of goddesses and they have all kinds of magical powers and turn into death streaks when they have their final deaths which i don't really understand why that happens but maybe we'll get more of that in future books i was kind of wondering is there
1: it seems like they're talking about almost like a species difference you know because they talk about the jatu Mm -hmm. being humans Mm -hmm. or like these the other a lot of the population being human versus the alaki which are demons but ac- but really if we're thinking about it they're basically like superheroes they have like superpowers mm-hmm. yeah um but there are in as we see with a lot of ya that is fantasy or science fiction you know playing with this like species line you know about what is human subhuman more than human etc yeah the death streaks were i thought that was cool um Hi, I was curious how you were imagining them. For some reason, I imagined them with wings, and I can't remember if this is like a thing that was in the book or if this is just like completely made up. And why I was making this up, <laughs> I I don't remember if they had wings or not. I was imagining,
0: <laughs> I was imagining them like the, um, I think like the aliens from Alien. Like, is that the movie where the the monster like bursts out of that woman's? Belly or whatever, yeah, yeah, uh huh. The one with like Sigourney Weaver, yeah. I was imagining them looking like that,
1: really. Oh, interesting. Okay, (laughs) I think I was (laughs)
0: they were like described as like monstrous, you know, or like the things from Stranger Things. So that's what I thought.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, and which is so funny, like how Namina Forna is like messing with the perspective here and like what we do and don't know about these beings. Um. Yeah, for some maybe it's because I was like watching Castlevania and they have this these like bat-like creatures that have like leathery skin because they were describing the dark leathery skin, right?
0: Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm.
1: but I couldn't remember if they were like humanoid faces or like what they were like. Um, I don't know. So, I I think I was just like, I guess I was having a little bit of trouble and or fun. (laughs) imagine what these look like and so i'm really curious like when we get to if i don't know if we'll maybe get like different povs or something in the next book if we maybe get like a death shriek point of view or something i don't know it would be pretty cool um because
0: now they have that like friend who is a death shriek so it'd be interesting to see more from that character's perspective or see more with that character yeah um the Alaki are called the Gilded Ones because they literally have gold melted onto their arms. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that like disappears after the end of their service to the Emperor. It was it, that those scenes were like a bit much. Maybe uh, like thinking like the smell of burning flesh and stuff. I was like, this is gross.
1: Yeah, that was very sensory and like the screaming and they're just like waiting in line. Oh my gosh. And also I got the impression that it like was also blood, like their blood is literally gold too. So like, it's, it's Mm -hmm, also like mm -hmm. symbolic in this way of like marking them with like a visual way of marking their physiological difference. Um, You know, kind of made me think of like, you know, a star of David, for example, or something like that where you're like marking them out as a pariah essentially. Exactly, yeah. And it's also like, essentially shackles that are marking your enslavement slash or incar- like your incarceration sentence. You know that in like in theory, it, it yeah fades up, fades out away, as you were saying. And I was just like, wow, that is very premeditated because they had to experiment to find out a way to like make it stay on the skin of the people who heal really fast. You know, so it's just like, ugh, like.
0: why are people like this yeah definitely lots of slavery imagery going on there which makes sense as we see like um enslaved peoples have like were taken from west africa and stuff so it makes sense that 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 imagery would be used but it was like kind of difficult parts to get through i would say
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um kind of some (laughs) in the same vein i said it vein because it's blood jesse react uh, yeah, to my it. pun god damn it <laughs> god damn it if i stop reacting to them maybe no. they will
0: like lessen
1: <laughs> um maybe but maybe not can neither confirm we'll nor see. deny um there's <laughs> lots of blood magic so as i was just saying like the gold blood has special powers and is like used as a resource to make superior weapons and armor and like the emperor's mask crown thing mm-hmm. so I was just like wow this is a cool way like of visualizing this power and like connect I don't know it was like a much more robust uh magical system like related to blood magic that I think we've that I've seen recently at least
0: no I agree and especially because a lot of times the blood magic in other books that we read is seen as something that's bad or like dirty in a way and um in this book it's uh like when the gilded ones use it for themselves it's like a form of protection and um it makes like like you said their superior weapons and armor um so it's like not necessarily something that is bad but something that can be used for bad purposes
1: (laughs) right it's like a life force and it's part of a sacrifice you know it's ritualized i agree with you it's not seen as like something that's totally taboo and like oh we can't talk Mm -hmm. about this right which is very different from other books like other YA
0: books um I just want to take a second to talk about Ixa even though I don't have that much to say other than just like the cutest little animal and they thought it was a kitten at first and I was like oh I want one and it, it made me think of the um alebrijos from Coco <laughs> like Coco has that little like raggedy looking dog <laughs>
1: but that's what it made me think of and i was just like oh i love it i agree it's one of like the best magical companions like familiars that i've seen in a long while it yeah it was like a kitten but also like a shapeshifter and like a Mm -hmm. massive like fuzzy dragon thing i was like yes yeah give me one and then and then dick like riding it into battles like this could not be more badass and Ixa also like her blood is good for ixa Yeah. Um, (laughs) And people were like,
0: what the fuck are you doing feeding it your blood?
1: (laughs) (laughs) She was like, mind your own business.
0: (laughs) Which is true. We should all just mind our own business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to talk about conflict villains, uh, good and evil in our segment, Get Me Kylo Ren. There's a lot going on here as far as villains, I would
0: say. The society itself is run by men who are using religion to subjugate women and they're led by the emperor, so society itself and men in particular seem to be the villain in this book, but we do have some like good men, like um Kada seems like pretty okay. Uh what did you think about the you know
1: the patriarchy? <laughs> uh well I don't have anything momentous to say besides it was like a lot. A lot um especially cuz you got to hear about how this patriarchal system manifested when we got the different friends' backstories, the different Alaki backstories. Yeah, I I the especially like the t- the scenes of Deka's torture and stuff and Belkalis and her sexual assault. Um like and rape and torture and yeah it was it was just making this um like men's violence against women like this gendered violence very like front and center of the society and um i don't know what i i don't like have opinions about that i just think that i mean it obviously serves a purpose as far as like the motor like the engine of the story you know and what's fueling these um these young women as far as they're, you know, they make connections to each other cause they've, you know, experienced similar difficulties. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I That's kind of what I think. <laughs> I don't know if that's coherent in any way, shape or form. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Do you, <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to say about that? No, I think it was just like
0: the whole book. I kept thinking about like the, you know, like you mentioned Deka's torture and how like even the people who were in charge of like the little, like the towns or um, like even like their leaders were taking advantage of the women in those towns and just like everything that they did to the gilded ones was just so terrible. And, and then to find out that it was just, you know, kind of, I mean, it was all made up as a way to make sure that the men stayed in power. It was like frustrating to read for me. Um, but also it was just like yeah that that sounds right that makes sense i believe that's what would happen if was possible they're republicans that's what they are <laughs> Republican. trying to control my body <laughs>
1: yeah it makes me think about the um i listened to this really good episode of um, revolutionary left radio about the sex trade and like they get into like why they call it sex trade versus sex work and then the difference between sex trafficking and how like all the power dynamics are very different. And they like, you know, how the sex work is work. They go into like, and, and like, I don't know, rip that apart a little bit to be like, this is actually, it's a different kind of work and the power dynamics and abuse is just like rampant, you know? So it's different than other kinds of work, but I don't know. I would recommend that as far as um i don't know really digging into like the history of this sort of like sexual subjugation or this idea that like men are entitled to buying sex because like this is what happened to bell you know um uh so just like that whole idea is a you know a colonial imposition from when european settlers like came over and like I don't know. So it just really influences like the missing and murdered indigenous women and two spirit girls like all of those or or two spirit not girls. um. So yeah, it's just making me think about like making these connections to like how sexual violence is used as a part of this like patriarchal apparatus. Let's see what else villain wise. So what the emperor and the empire's propaganda says is the enemy, which are the demons and the night shrieks, like turns out they're goddesses and divine and amazeballs. It was the technical term. (laughs) 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 And like, so they're the ones with the power to overthrow the current regime and build something different, better, probably maybe Mm -hmm, hopefully. mm -hmm. Um, So it just like what gets demonized. I'm using that word, like literally demonized as um like there's a lot of it's like the people in power fear it because of its potential you know
0: well and i think because in in this case in particular the they don't want someone else to have more power than them like they're concerned about the power dynamics and i assume that there was like a much more equitable society prior to this and they were like, no, we are the ones who deserve to have the power. For whatever reason, they decided that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> reasons. Probably not reasons that stand up to any sort of scrutiny.
0: No, probably not.
1: <laughs> One thing that I, I was really prominent in the book is this like whole idea of requiring military service in order for people to get free, supposedly. So Deka and the other alaki are conscripted and told if they serve the empire for, was it 20 years? Yeah, it was 20 years. Um, that they'll be free to live their lives. And just like, yeah, right. And I feel like you see the, the girls like understanding that these are empty promises. And they have a like quote unquote choice. But it's like, it's a choice between that or like stay and die and or just get like tortured for the rest of your life by these dudes in your village you know not much of a choice Mm -mm. um so this is where my ted talk begins (laughs) (laughs) um we're recording this on memorial day weekend of 2021 so i've been seeing like lots of american flags and lots of like veteran stuff and man lots of like it's basically like worshiping the military industrial complex and making it so that you can't question this sort of un unexamined american patriotism and i don't know maybe it's just like super i don't know it feels like very oppressive for me right now it's like all over and i don't know this is like totally a thing that happens like I'm just speaking from the U S because that's like a context that I know best, but like the military recruiting from marginalized communities who are, you know, suffering from like lack of economic opportunities or, you know, like this sort of slow violence, quote unquote, that's like completely intentional, like unnatural disaster. And like the GI bill for education, because otherwise you're going to go in like as a social mobility, like here's a carrot for social mobility, basically. Um, yeah. just lots of I don't know this was making lots of connections for me do you have any anything to say yeah I mean
0: I think also that a lot of times it can conscription in particular can aid in in patriotism and in making people proud of their country which can be hard because the alaki obviously aren't because I mean because of the abuse that they've suffered but Um, I think sometimes that these kind of things are used as a way to um, get people on board with what their country wants to do and like what the ideas of their country are because, you know, military work can be a way to um, teach people certain things and certain ways of being. Um, I have a lot of military family, like a lot. It's kind of ridiculous when I think about it, like most of them. Um, But I just think it like, it helps to cement specific ideals sometimes and um that's another way that it it's used and we can see that even with the alaki in the story um trying to convince them you know that they're demons and this is the way things are and specific things are duties that they have to fulfill so um yeah another way that military service can sometimes be used to to indoctrinate people um but yeah yeah this is, a, this is a, a critique of the system, not necessarily the people who, you know, join so that they can use that GI Bill for education or because they think they're doing something right all the time. But um, the system's kind of messed up, you know.
1: Most definitely.
0: Onward, Magical Friends. Just as one does not simply walk into Mordor, one does not simply read fantasy without talking about representations of race, class, gender, and ability. This is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate. Um, As we've mentioned before, like a bunch of times, this society is very patriarchal and a lot of that stems back from the infinite wisdom. So we see um, the gilded ones in particular are taken away from their homes and they are um all young girls and they are forced into military work um and if you're not doing that then you are you know you stay at home and have children whether you want to or not
1: (laughs) those are your options yeah not too many options no not at all (laughs) yeah we've been we've been kind of like this is a thread that we've been following the whole time because it's I mean a massive part of the book but um the lot of the gender hierarchy amount of misogyny and like gendered violence against women was at times for me hard to read or listen to I guess whichever
0: yeah it was especially I mean we've mentioned it before there's scenes of like abuse torture sexual assault um sexual assault is not depicted in the book it does happen off page but still even reading about it and those experiences was pretty difficult I would say the people of Oterra seem to all look pretty different. Um, I was listening to the audiobook, and there are a lot of different accents to the characters as well. Um, I mentioned earlier, Britta had an Irish accent, which is why she reminded me of Claire from Dairy Girls. And I don't think the people really, like, I don't think people really think of anywhere in Africa as being a diverse place. So I thought this was really cool. Um, I don't know a ton about Sierra Leone, even though, like, (laughs) I have ancestry from there, which is funny um, to think about. Um, So... I'd be interested in learning more about you know about Sierra Leone and I just I kind of wonder about like the diversity of the place but it's I don't think I think when we think of those kind of places we think of just black people living there but also forget that like those places were colonized so they're like like when you think of South Africa like there are a lot of white people there (laughs) like a shit ton so um it was interesting to see that like in the book
1: yeah, and have it be, like, on this fictional stage because, like, this this map is interesting because it doesn't look anything like the African continent. Um mm-hmm. So, and it, it's, like, a lot of islands and stuff. So, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It could maybe be, like, a little bit of a Mediterranean... There's, like, a northern province and then southern western provinces, eastern and then islands and stuff. So, yeah, just, like... I agree with you getting into a lot of like the geographic diversity and like the, also like the ethnic and racial diversity. Um, and it does seem like there's racialization going on because of like talking about differences in skin color and about how Deka is, um, you know, socialized to think that her dark skin is undesirable and not beautiful. Um, that was, you know, had a bit more, um, that sort of discourse had a bit more airtime earlier on when she's like at her village before she goes to is she, does she goes to hymyra hymyra is that where they train i can't remember where their like assassin oh, school I is i don't remember any of the name places <laughs> <laughs> only reason is like i have the map literally open right now that's the only reason like i knew what the name was
0: um, along those lines, the goddesses look like the different people from the different regions regions of Oterra, so people don't feel left out, which I thought was really cool. Like, um, I think, like, Brita is, I think she's, like, very pale-skinned and has, like, like, white people hair or whatever, and then there's, like, a goddess that looks like her, and then, like you mentioned, Dinka is from, like, the southern provinces, like, her mom was, so she's darker, and, like, the main goddess looks like her, so I thought it was really cool that even, like, within the, like, religious aspect of the world and, like, the magical part like the goddesses even like instead of having like people fight about like what the you know big person looks like or people like
1: they look like all of them which I thought was really cool yeah it's like we're not getting into this question about like is Jesus white (laughs) you know um, oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so like I I love this part and like it was just so impressive the descriptions of the temple and the statues at the end and I was just like in awe of these I I, I feel like I was experiencing that at the same time as the characters were so that I thought that was really well done yeah I really appreciate it at the end. So at the end of the book,
0: Deka is like with all these goddesses and um, they are talking about like what they want for them and their people. And they're kind of like, they want them and the Alaki want equality, not domination. And I think sometimes when we think about like what we want as a society and um, we talk about like women being in charge instead of men, instead of being like, we would like a society where everyone has a say and people are equal and not just women and men but like you know non-binary folks as well um and I really appreciated this look because I sometimes feel like when we read books they're like you know instead of let's have equality they're like let's just put someone else in charge and it becomes this like gender binary or racial binary and instead this is like how about we like spread the wealth a little bit and just like we all have a say. So I thought this was really, um, I really liked this aspect of the book where they're like, we want equality. And that means that everyone gets a say, not that one group is in charge. Um, I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. And how they were like, you were saying straightforward about what they want and actually talking about what the vision is for the like next iteration or the future. What are we going to be building? I think that that's something this book definitely had in mind was that you can't just like tumbar is the word, verb in spanish tumbar means like to like decimate or like to the ground like the old regime like that's not the be-all end-all you have to think about like what's next like nature nature loves a vacuum you know so you're gonna have a power vacuum so like what are you gonna do with it and yeah i really liked how nomina how like nomina forna was wrestling with that in the guise of like her characters in the plot yeah it was really cool uh, so I think you might have answered my question earlier on, but are all the alaki women or like assigned female birth?
0: I think so. Um, I feel like I remember there was a character who used they pronouns, but now I'm like not remembering or if they was being used in like a, a different sense of, the you know, like they as in all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. We did have like queer alaki alaki but i don't know if we had like yeah i don't know i think the book did make it seem like it was people who were assigned female at birth but um maybe we'll see some differentiation from that in the future because we had like such a small
1: group of them Mm -hmm. um that we were following along with yeah and so then like by extension thank you for that i think that is clarifying for me and then by extension does that mean like so they have their final death the gilded ones have their final death and then they turn into death streaks so like does that mean that the death streaks are like a matriarchal society or i don't know i think they must be i think they must be because the god like
0: the people like the higher beings are all goddesses but then like the what are they called the jantu,
1: the jatu um
0: jatu they also like there are the ones that we see in the story and then there are like real ones i guess like the emperor and they also have some kind of powers so i don't know like how the like how people who were assigned male at birth like how they fit into the 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 religious system or like the god and goddess system and maybe we'll see more of that as well because yeah i don't know interesting we'll see going forward yeah we'll see <laughs> questions for nomina
1: <laughs> finally it's time for shipwrecked a segment about asexuality sexuality sex romance and relationships and sometimes we take liberties and do some shipping of our own i just love D- Deka
0: and Britta's friendships so much they were just like so sweet and like such good friends and like holding each other accountable. Mostly Britta holding Deka accountable because Deka is making some sus decisions. But um, I just really like their friendship and like, I mean all the Alaki like how they just became like they all banded together and it was just real sweet. It was great.
1: There's just like something so profoundly moving about these like Britta. Britta's like declarations of love and loyalty that are like completely platonic but like so I don't know you could just like feel their depth like she just like loves Deka and she's like no we are in this together there's just like this whole idea of partnership there's like this whole other friendship I don't know it's just like it's its own ship I love it it's just beautiful (laughs) (laughs) um thoughts about Deka and Keita is that what his name is mm-hmm. I, I wrote human dude fighter person because I didn't remember what it was in the, <laughs> what his name was in the notes um I don't did you do you like the ship what do you you have any feelings about this
0: I don't really have any strong feelings about this I will say that I did like Kata. he was like a cool character and I really like that scene where everyone's like um, I've had sex. I've had sex. I've had sex, and then Kata's like, "Well, I haven't." And then some of them were like, "Okay, well, I haven't either, actually." And like that was really, like, <laughs> oh my god, such a funny scene to me where they're like trying to show each other up, and then Kata's like, you know, being a man doesn't mean that you have to have had sex with all these people, and you can also choose like a um, to like be a virgin and wait till you're married, even if you're a dude, and like all that kind of stuff. So he was like sweet. I don't really have any strong feelings about him right now but i can think
1: like he seems fine <laughs> i think i'm so glad you brought up that scene i cuz it was fun to like watch cuz they're all young people like right they're all teens at this point mm-hmm. um on this fighting yeah. course which is like can empires just like stop with the children in the military please um in general i know this is a fa- <laughs> i know this is a fantasy book but still <laughs> um but I loved that scene when they're just like being it it just like so captured these like peer pressure dynamics of adolescence and like teenagehood about like never have I ever sort of game feeling you know what I mean um but just like talking about it and explicitly Mm -hmm. and I love how you yeah just that you brought up that Kate like nah I'm not falling for any of that like weird He, like, pushed back against the misogyny, basically. Um, Yeah, which was great. We have some, as you mentioned earlier, some non-hetero relationships depicted. So I I love that this is getting normalized in YA books that have been coming out, like, specifically in the 2010s and 2020s. Maybe earlier in the 2000s. But um, it strikes me as, like, kind of a sea change of the past 15-ish years. Um, You are of a book witch, professional book witch, librarian, publishing person. Would you <laughs> say that this is true?
0: Yeah, I would say we saw some of it probably in the n- late 90s with like, I mean, I was reading fantasy like Kate Tiernan um, in the Sweep series. I think they had some maybe bisexual characters in those books, um, but I didn't really see much of it in, yeah, until the 20th. 10s and probably late 2010s. So, um, especially where we get main characters who are not hetero. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's times are changing pro- for the better, I think. Um, it's great to see. And there's so many books, and I mean, we post about them in Instagram stories all the time, just like queer books coming out, books from, you know, by POC folks, just all kinds of lots of lots of more diverse voices than there used to be which has been so great (laughs) and we have tried to show them here on the podcast
1: (laughs) yeah this is this is my ship as far as fantasy (laughs) um and I wouldn't be myself if I didn't shout out in the shipwreck section the teacher and student mentor mentee relationships I think they might be my fave white hands like oh my god I just like white hands so much
0: yeah, I mean, I really am annoyed when the mentor, like, keeps all these secrets from the mentee. Like, I'm like, either treat them like an adult or don't, but it's fine. I did like her. She's a pretty badass character. Um, and she's, like, <laughs> a million years old, which was cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought that, like, her presence is so, like... She has, like, a gravitas, you know, where people are afraid of her. and, But also, like, respect her. And, yeah, I mean... I agree with you that it's like she kind of Dumbledore it a little bit where she's like, mm-hmm. I'm manipulating this young person and not telling them what's going on. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, a similar thing happens in like in uh, Sabah Tahir's series, A Number in the Ashes, you know, where the scholars are like the augers are like manipulating these young people yeah. and not telling them what's up or answering in riddles and stuff like that. So I feel you on the power dynamic relation, power dynamic point, though. I think I can just get frustrated sometimes because they're like, you can
0: handle all this really hard shit. Everything you can, you can handle everything except the truth, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you can go like literally die in battle several times.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, just tell them guys like, come on. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. Ugh. I'm easily annoyed though. So like, don't, don't <laughs> you know, probably don't take advice from me on that. <laughs> friend <laughs> Now we're going to talk about writing style, narration, characterization, plot structure, and basically whatever else comes to mind And Kill Your Darlings. I really love seeing Deka come to terms with the lies of their society. I think I've pointed it out like five million times during this episode. Um, but as someone who is like indoctrinated into certain things as a young person, it's like a weird feeling to like, come out of that and be like wait what's going on you told me what now and like why did i believe that and why did i believe these things are true and like i don't know i just really loved it and i think namina did a fantastic job writing how people make those changes over time and grow and change and um i think we maybe don't give adults enough grace to do those things into adulthood um but i like i liked that depiction and i thought it was really well done really well written
1: I love how you described that because it's essentially like this, this grief process and then in that a growth process. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's like a learning process. Like I think sometimes, what was the book? Um, there was a book that I read for book club and now I cannot remember the name of it. I'll try and think of it, but it was, it was talking about like a cancel culture I think, and just like how sometimes we don't give people the space to, um, like learn from their mistakes and like this is why what you said was wrong was wrong like do you still believe these things or like that i mean that in particular like on celebrities sometimes like g- not giving people the space to make changes over time mm-hmm. oh it was called they will not we will not cancel us i'll put it in the show notes yeah um it's by adrian but it was, Marie brown yeah it is um and it was just really good like to think about like how how to give people room to grow and learn and at the same time like not jump to conclusions you know what I mean like I really liked that book and I thought it was really well w- written um and like offered up some good advice so so yeah I just like that about seeing that happen with Deka because I could see how you could be like that the girl at the beginning of the story who's kind of like real shitty to Deka from her town or whatever but like you have to give people space to like change their minds. And sometimes that means giving them information they didn't have before and, you know, seeing where they take, how they take that information in and change themselves. So I just really appreciated this in the, in the story.
1: 100%. I, we've I talked about how violent it was. Um, I was a little bit surprised at times, so I would say maybe mm-hmm. upper end of the YA age range. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then last thing, during my prep slash research for the recording, I found out that Belcalis is named after Cardi B. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Belcalis is her name. Oh, didn't know. Yeah. So anyway, there's that. Trivia. (laughs) Speaking of trivia, are you ready for card questions? I'm so ready. Let me pick one and see if I like the question and maybe answer it (laughs) (laughs) oh what does this is perfect what does this book tell you about how the world works oh (laughs) (laughs) I mean that we
0: that we see things as a gender binary and then treat people specific ways based on the way that they present themselves and maybe we shouldn't do that Maybe I should be the one who has a say over my body and what I do with it and my power and all my things.
1: <laughs> and the way that indoctrination works and propaganda mm-hmm. works to to make us think that certain things are quote unquote evil or taboo. Yeah. Um, When in reality, they're just different. They just are. And are. <laughs> exactly. Why does there need to be a comparison?
0: Yeah. And that certain things are like good and pure and they'll like, they'll, right way and it's like well not everyone believes that to be true Mm -hmm. bro (laughs) yeah
1: and the world works because young people come onto the scene and they fuck shit up and they change things and they're relentless and i love them
0: yeah and hopefully we don't turn into grouchy old people who like hate young people (laughs) (laughs) let's not have those generation wars anymore please (laughs) yes yes please I'll keep my skinny jeans. You can wear your whatever's your straight pants or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be fine. That's how you'll know I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still, you know, with you. Thanks for listening to the Library Coven. We'll be back in two weeks for a discussion of Witches Steeped in Gold by Shannon Smart. We'd, all, As always, we'd love to be in conversation with you all please let us know what you think of the episode or if we missed something or just say hi, drop a line to us in the comments or reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at the library coven. You can subscribe to the library coven on
0: the podcast app of your choice. And we'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show and spread the word to other rad people out there. If you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation to us on coffee. You can support us monthly on Patreon or by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Until next time, stay magical.
1: Kelly is recording on Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho land. Jesse is recording on Peoria, Kaskakia, Peankasha, Weah, Miami, Mascotan, Odawa, Sauk, Meskwaki, Kickapoo, Potawatomi, Ojibwe, and Chickasaw land.